Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Shout out to everybody that tuned in this morning to DNVR Rams Live. Of course, if you missed that, it's already in your podcast feed, or you can just go back and watch it on the DNVR Sports YouTube. Had an opportunity to rewatch the Air Force game tonight. Going to dive further into that matchup, give some more takeaways. Also going to give my updated top 25, a lot of movement in college football after this weekend. We're going to talk about Trey McBride being an ascending star in Arizona. His stock is certainly rising. In the intro, though, I just wanted to reminisce a little bit, wax poetically, if you will, about rivalry games because my Denver Broncos, they finally did it. They snapped a 16-game losing streak to the Kansas City Chiefs first win over Kansas City since September 2015. I had been writing for less than a month for the Collegian, was not full-time on any beat at that point, was just kind of a general staff writer, would write whatever came my way, whatever I was assigned. Coincidentally, you know, that was the last time that year, I should say, 2015 was the last time that the Rams beat both Air Force and Wyoming in the same season. It's the last time that they beat the Cowboys up in Laramie. It has been just a brutal stretch for me in terms of the teams that I support and how they've fared in rivalry games over the last decade. Obviously, there was that long stretch under Bobo and Adazio where they didn't beat any of Wyoming Air Force, Boise State, or CU. And unfortunately, you know, Sundays just weren't any better the Broncos losing 16 straight to Kansas City. They've really struggled with the Raiders over the last couple years. They've handled the Chargers fairly well. That's the one team that really has never consistently had the upper hand, although there have been some stinkers against them as well. Finally, though, finally, the Broncos able to end that streak, able to win a game that really matters to me. One, because I'm a lifelong Broncos fan, but two, My entire extended family is from Kansas. I've got a lot of Chiefs fans in my life. They harass me after every single time the Chiefs beat the Broncos. Literally after all 16 of those, I got some type of, you know, meme or text message or voicemail or whatever it would be. And that's what makes these games matter so much is the stakes within the community. You know, you know, people that are on the other side and going into the border war, it just, it has me so amped because I love these games. I love rivalries. I love hostile atmospheres and knowing that 
if your side wins, you get the bragging rights. If they lose, it's going to be a long year. And I'm just hoping that this theme of the teams that I support exercising the demons that have plagued them over the last decade or so continues with this border war because it's been a long time since the Rams won up in Laramie. Like I said, 2015, that was one of my favorite memories as a student. Actually, I went up to Laramie with my dad. We went to that game, dominated. The Rams just dominated 26 to 7, really kept Brian Hill in check, Wyo Star back at the time. But just going up to Laramie with my dad and getting to experience that game, the whole process, it was just sp- such a special day. Afterwards, I took him to DP Doe for the first time, and he loves DP Doe. Now, anytime he's in FOCO, that's certainly going to get thrown out as an option for us to eat at. I got him into a CSU Hoops exhibition. He stood in the student section with me. It was just a really fun day, and that's the thing about these rivalry games. That's what they mean to you. Eight years later, you can still look back and remember it all so vividly. Obviously, it's been a pretty rough stretch for CSU in these types of games, but we've already seen them beat a team that they had never beaten this year in Boise State. The Broncos just snapped this streak against the Chiefs. You never know. I mean, I really think that this is a winnable game for CSU. I genuinely believe that the Rams were just outmatched by a superior opponent on Saturday night against Air Force. I'll get into that more as the podcast goes on and we dive more into those takeaways. But this is a big opportunity for the Rams to seize the moment. Ultimately, this season is going to be defined by how the Rams respond over the final month. And they have a huge opportunity, starting with Wyoming, to get some positive momentum rolling. And I mean, if you beat Wyoming and Boise State in the same year, if you reach a bowl game, that's a pretty good year after where the Rams have been as a program over the last six years. I know that we all want it to be just flip a, flip a switch and boom, all your problems are fixed. You're 10 and two, you're rolling. That's not how it works. So you got to build a program. And honestly, Air Force under Troy Calhoun, pretty great example of that. And just the benefit of having continuity within your program, within your staff. Anyways, these are not new points. I don't want to beat a dead horse here. I know that I have been kind of drilling a lot of these for months and months, but it's how I feel. I just wanted to kind of talk about rivalry games and set the scene a little bit for Friday night. I'm really looking forward to being up in Laramie. Ryan Green's going to be with me, so we'll have a spotlight, have some excellent social coverage. It's going to be a good time. These rivalry games, they mean a lot. So good to see the Broncos finally beat the Chiefs. Why not keep the trend rolling? Why not bring that boot back to FOCO, get some goodwill going, get some positive momentum heading into those final three weeks in which you should be the better team in all of those three games. They're all going to be tough games. None of them are going to be a cakewalk. You got to execute. But they have a really nice opportunity here to define their season, to potentially win a big rivalry game, to reach the postseason for the first time since 2017. There's a lot at stake over this final month. And it's just been a while since you could really say that. All right, let's move on. Let's get into some of these Air Force takeaways, some further takeaways. Again, if you missed DNVR Rams Live this morning, go back and check that out. 
I do want to shout out Saturday Neon. They are a local company started by two friends, former college roommates, and they make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Whether you're a diehard or just a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these things light up. And what's awesome is that Saturday Neon signs are shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim so every sign is easy to install and operate. They're officially licensed for 19 select schools, including CU, CSU, Arizona, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, so many others. Perfect for offices, man caves, dorm rooms, basements, bar areas. Could make a great holiday gift coming up. Go to SaturdayNeon.com, use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. I also want to tell you guys about the Circa Broncos road trip. You can get 20% off a two-night stay at the Circa Resort and Casino. Two tickets to the Winter Swim and Concert, two passes to Stadium Swim, one DNVR tailgate watch party access uh, at Stadium Swim, an annual diehard membership package, and an option to buy a game ticket if you'd like to go to the game in person as well. Though I'll be honest, sitting poolside at Circa watching the game sounds pretty dang good. Head to the link in the podcast description for more information. Shout out to our friends at Circa Resort and Casino out in Vegas. Cool, cool, cool. We are going to get into those Air Force takeaways. Real briefly, though, I did want to shout out our guy, Trey McBride, former DNVR athlete, one of the cooler dudes that I've had the privilege of covering throughout my career. Trey is really starting to emerge as a star in his second season in Arizona. He's coming off of his biggest game of his career, 10 catches on 14 targets, both career highs, 95 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. As noted by my colleague, Bo Brack of PHNX Cardinals, McBride's 10 receptions were the most by a tight end in a single game in Arizona Cardinals franchise history. His 95 receiving yards were the third most by a Cardinals tight end since moving to Phoenix. And while... This is only a one-game sample size. What's encouraging is that this has been an upward trend these past couple of weeks. When you look at his targets, he's gotten five or more targets each of the last three weeks. He's gotten five or more targets six times in his career. He's finished with 50 or more receiving yards in four of those games. What that shows me, if you feature him prominently in your offense, if you make an emphasis to get him the football He's going to produce, and that's exactly what Ram fans expected of him. It's what we saw in Fort Collins for multiple years. He's an absolute monster. Seeing multiple guys trying to tackle him in the open field today brought me so, so much joy. And I just think that now is a great time to buy that Trey McBride stock because I think he is going to be a stud, a great tight end at that next level for quite some time. And I'm really expecting a big second half of the season for Trey out with the Cardinals. Again, follow our friends at PHNX Cardinals for all the latest Cardinals coverage. It's a great way to keep up with Trey. They certainly do an awesome job of featuring him prominently. Everyone on that staff is just as excited for his future. It's been kind of cool to have that you know, camaraderie amongst their staff and our staff and getting to root for Trey. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I shouted him out. I think we're going to have to get some of those PHNX guys on the pod maybe this week even, to talk about it since he's coming off of such a big game. But let's talk about this Air Force matchup. I don't think it's one that's worth overreacting to. I don't think this is a game that you look at and say, see, CSU has not made improvements. See, they have so far to go. 
I think the truth is they just got outmatched by a superior team. Air Force has a top 20 program for a reason. I think they have a good chance to flirt with the top 15 this year, especially if they continue to execute. But as far as the key moments in this game go, I thought that the touchdown throw, let's start with the positive, the touchdown throw to Justice Ross Simmons was a dime. Couldn't throw it any better than that. Would have liked to have seen them you know, try to get another shot over the top, but I'm sure Air Force was much more aware of it after you burn them over the top. They certainly changed their coverage a little bit. That was awesome. It was a big deal. It got you a ton of momentum. Unfortunately, you lost some of that momentum when Bo Richter stripped BFN late in the second half. You give up the touchdown after giving them easy field position. And I talked about that a lot this morning. Field position was a major difference in this game. Boise State constantly starting with the ball around midfield even better. It wasn't on Patty Turner or anything like that. He had a great game, actually. It was just the way that it, it kind of played out. You were aggressive, went for it on fourth down three times, unfortunately weren't able to convert on any of those. Very, very big swings, but you also just kind of have to do it. Air Force puts so much pressure on you that if you're not aggressive, if you can't, put points on the board and put them in a position where they have to play from behind, which they don't have to do very often. It's just really hard to come out on top against them because your margin for error is so razor thin. And in this one, I felt like that slow start in the second half, it, it really doomed the Rams. Unfortunately, they held the ball for just two minutes and 33 seconds in the third quarter they had it for 650 in the fourth, which was better, but both drives still ended up ending with turnovers on downs. That's not a recipe for success against an Air Force squad that has a really athletic and talented defense and an offense that pretty much just suffocates you. I really do feel like the run tackling was pretty solid in this one. I felt like the containment was great. Guys were disciplined. They were gang tackling. They were physical. I liked a lot about what CSU did defensively in this one. You give up the 53-yard fullback dive to Michelle in the third quarter. That was huge. You give up the play-action touchdown where the secondary's kind of caught peeking in the backfield out of position a little bit. And those were really the, the differences in the game. And obviously the strip sack, which turns into a touchdown. You just have to play so perfectly to beat this Air Force team. And when you only have four drives in the second half normally you're probably going to get eight or nine that's a really really tough spot if they could have responded on that third offensive series of the second half after catching a small break air force had a touchdown taken off the board for a holding call that's not something you're going to see very often they end up making a field goal on the drive that's a win for the defense really if you were able to respond there get it back to a one possession game you have a shot. I mean, they even had a shot in the fourth quarter, I, I guess, as well, if they could have put some points on the board there and responded quickly. But they simply just got executed down the stretch by a better football team, a more experienced football team. It, it's unfortunate. It doesn't make it feel any better. I'm not saying that the fans should just be like, oh, well, they, they lost to a good team. So it, it doesn't matter at all. You still lost an in-state rivalry game the seventh year in a row that CSU's lost to Air Force. This is a trend that needs to stop. But just being realistic about the situation, the Rams were outmatched. They were two touchdown dogs for a reason. There have been 
a lot of times over the years, especially under Troy Calhoun, where I felt like CSU and Air Force were really evenly matched and the Rams found ways to, to blow those games. I don't know if that was the case this time. I think you can make a pretty good argument that CSU's top talent, the Mo Camaras, the Tory Hortons of the world, are they better than anybody Air Force has on the roster on paper? Yeah. But with what they do in the trenches, with how solid that offensive line is, and their defensive line in front seven as well, and then Trey Taylor as safety, that's just a really good football team. It's a really experienced unit. And I think if they can get through Army next week, they're going to have a really solid shot to run the table. This Air Force team just feels different. It doesn't feel like the group that slips up like they usually do. That they're really athletic. They're dangerous through the air. It's kind of like they've found a way to keep their identity, keep their quirkiness, but still modernize a little bit. They're more efficient through the air than they ever used to be. They have better athletes, better quarterback play. They're bigger in the trenches than they used to be when I was growing up. But they just go out there and execute week after week. And that's a testament to the program that Troy Calhoun has been able to build the fact that he's been able to sustain this through all the changes in college football is pretty dang impressive i've said it before i'll say it again air force they are the premier college football program in this state they have been for a decade they were double digit favorites for a reason they'd be big favorites over cu too both the buffs and rams are trying to build their programs they're trying to create some of that sustained success that air force has had for a long time but as of right now that crown, it's in Colorado Springs. So tough loss. Definitely a trend that we would like to see change under Norvell. We've already seen him beat Boise State for the first time. We saw a really competitive game against CU. Now he has an opportunity to go into Laramie and win, in my opinion, the most important game of the year, your most important rivalry. The Rams have an opportunity over this final month here to really do something fun, to generate some buzz and some excitement, to get back to the postseason, which more than playing in the bowl game and the respect that comes with it, it's really about the continued practice that you get. These best programs that have sustained success, they benefit from getting potentially an extra month, even six weeks of, of practice that other teams don't get. That's huge, just staying in rhythm, going into your winter program, into spring ball, it's been a long time since the Rams have been able to benefit there, but I really think it would be huge going into year three of the Norvell era where I feel like, especially now that you have your quarterback, you see some of these young stars starting to emerge. We'll have to see what happens with some of the veteran stars in terms of whether they declare or come back. But I think there's a chance when you look at that home slate next year to really make a lot of noise, but it all kind of starts here over these next four to five weeks, I talked a lot about how the 2013 season felt very similar to this current campaign where it was just up and down. You could tell that they were significantly better in that second year under Jim McElwain than they were in the first year, but they just they kept taking a couple steps forward and then a couple of steps back until finally, at the very end, they, they started to mostly figure it out. They even in the second to last game had a slip up where they got shut out against a really good Utah State team. But I feel like this 2023 Rams team has an opportunity to establish a similar type of momentum here going into the end of the year, which can then transcend into something potentially special in the future. Losing to a really good Air Force team again is a bummer. I'm tired of that. 
but it also doesn't change what's at stake for this CSU team. And in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it changes how you view the outlook of the year all that much. At least that's how I feel. That's my two cents on it all. I'm going to write some more pieces about this game, about the mindset going into Wyoming. But that's that's pretty much all I have to say as far as podcast takeaways go on that one. You lost to a really good team. You lost to a team that certainly looks like they're a top 20 program. I think when it's all said and done, have a good chance to be in that top 15 range. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's give an updated top 25 for college football. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker win for Colorado families, and they've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. They've already won over a billion dollars for their clients. And what's awesome is they have more locations than ever. They serve all of Colorado, but they have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, ride chairs, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Finally, I also want to shout out the homies at Breckenridge Brewery. You know that we love Breck Brew at DNVR. That's because they have a beer for any occasion. I love the variety that they offer, whether it's Avalanche Amber Ale, Mountain Beach Sour, Fun Slinger. With the ski season coming up, their collab with Never Summer, really, really crisp, never misses. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, all right, all right. Let's dive right into it. Let's wrap this pot up with my updated top 25 in college football. Not 100% sure if anybody actually cares about this, but I think it's fun to do. I think it gives you guys an idea of how I view the national landscape and I mean, at the end of the day, it's my podcast, right? So I'm going to do it. Uh, starting at number one, I've got the Michigan Wolverines highly considered putting Georgia back at number one after the way they took care of business against Florida. But I kept it the same, Michigan one, Georgia two. At three, I have Florida State jumping Ohio State. I think with what they have done, rattling off four straight double-digit victories with what we've seen from that offense with Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman, there's enough to believe that this team is for real. And while I have been impressed with the way that Ohio State has responded of late, I still have some doubts about whether they can beat Michigan or not. And I do feel like whether it's the quarterback play or or you look at just kind of some of the inconsistencies defensively, I don't know if they're quite on par with the rest of these top five teams. We shall see, though. It's a long year. I still have them at number four. At five, I have Texas have them coming up a a couple of spots, coming away with a big victory with their backup quarterback. It's going to be really dependent on whether Ewers is able to get back out there for them to legitimately be in the national championship mix. But I just think with what the Longhorns have in the trenches, the talent that they have at receiver, I think they're one of the top five most talented teams. It's just going to be a matter of surviving a frisky Big 12 conference I like their chances in a rematch against Oklahoma. Oklahoma dropped a tough one against Kansas today. They fell pretty significantly. Uh, We'll get to them in a sec. At six, I have Washington. Some inconsistencies offensively that are really starting to worry me. We shall see. I still have them one spot above Oregon thanks to -to head-to-head. 
I do think that Oregon right now is probably playing better football, though. And I might just have to, to flip that here in the next week or two. Keeping it rolling, rounding out the top 10. I have Alabama at eight. They're my pick to win the SEC. I think if they can get to that SEC title game, you got to survive LSU and Auburn first, which is always a big question mark. If you can survive those two big games and get to that SEC title game, I like Alabama's chances of upsetting Georgia. I guess I should say that it could also be Missouri. We'll see what happens there. At nine, I have Penn State. Still think they're a top 10 team, but I do think they are a clear cut below that top eight. Really, the same goes for all these teams. I have Ole Miss at 10 offensively, one of the most explosive units in the entire country. They're a ton of fun to watch. I like Lane Kiffin. I'm rooting for him. I just wonder if defensively they're going to be able to hold up enough in the big games. It's been a struggle for them. I have OU at 11, down from 6 after losing to Kansas. I then have LSU at 12, quickly rising. Daniels making a strong case for the Heisman, putting up huge, huge numbers in Baton Rouge. And I have them just above Kelly's old school, Notre Dame, who I have at 13. At 14, I have Missouri, who just very quietly, 7-1, and put together a really strong resume. They have an opportunity to shock Georgia. You never know. Then I have Louisville at 15, coming off of a dominant win over Duke. I was dead wrong about that matchup going in. Duke just got manhandled from start to finish. I have Air Force at 16, which is obviously higher than the AP poll. I think you could poke some holes in their strength of record. But they've taken care of business. They've won a lot of rivalry games, which is hard. They've got another opportunity against Army here. They're going to have to really certify things or cement, I guess, their case as the top dog in the Mountain West by ending strong. A season finale against Boise State, definitely a game to keep an eye on, especially after Boise thumped Wyoming this week. But uh, I've got Air Force at 16. I really do think they are worthy of flirting with the top 15. And depending on what type of chaos here happens with some of these big schools down the line, we'll see. I mean, if, if you go 13-0 and win the Mountain West, you, you could potentially get close to that top 10 range. Probably not. The voters probably aren't going to give you the respect, but you never know. That's all I'm saying. I've got Oregon State at 17 and 18. I have Utah. Those are two really well-coached, tough programs that nobody wants to face on any given week. I also think that the, the talent gap between them in terms of the, the top NFL talent between them and you know like Oregon and Washington, you, you can see it. And it's why, despite winning eight, nine, ten games, they're going to be just a small step below those other schools. If Utah had their quarterback, you never know what they've been able to do this year. It's just been so impressive. I hope we see Cam rising back next year. But given his age, I'm, I'm not so sure. At 19, I've got Tulane, a second G5 school in the top 25, coming off of a, a narrow win, but they pulled it out. I've got Tennessee at 20, followed by UCLA at 21. That UCLA front seven is nasty. They're not quite as consistent offensively. And frankly, if CU could have taken advantage of any of the turnovers that they forced, they, they might have been able to pull that upset. But with what UCLA is doing defensively right now, I'm really intrigued by them. I have James Madison at 22, USC at 23. With Caleb Williams and the talent that they have at receiver, I do think they're one of the 25 best teams in the country. 
I also think that defensively, they're so suspect. They're such a liability that it's hard to trust them much higher than this. If they can rack off a couple of big wins here at the end, maybe you know they can get back into that top 15 range. I don't think I'll have them in the top 10 again this year, though, because defensively, they're just a joke. They have no interest in tackling whatsoever. At 24, I have Kansas coming off of a big win against OU, now 6-2 and two on the year. 25, I have got Kansas State, who is really tough, playing good ball as well. Thought about giving it to the winner of Fresno State UNLV, which, of course, ended up being the Bulldogs. UNLV should have had it, really kind of choked that game away. But I, I do think Kansas State, with what they're doing defensively right now, you got to take them for real. And they could be the team that really throws a, a wrench in things as far as the Big 12 being in the playoff picture. I just don't know if anybody's going to be able to survive it. It's, it's a tough league. K-State, Oklahoma State, Kansas, as you see it, it feels very Mountain West-esque. That they're just they're, There's a lot of good teams, not necessarily a great team. You have a top team with the Big 12. I feel like it's Texas with the Mountain West. You feel like it's Air Force, but you still have serious questions about whether they're going to be able to run the table or not. Texas obviously already hasn't, but if they're able to survive the rest of their schedule, it's going to be really fun to see how this all plays out. But that's my updated top 25. Hope you guys are enjoying this. Love talking college football for you guys. Again, really looking forward to the border war. Going to be a lot of fun being up there with Ryan Green. Hopefully, hopefully get a spotlight on a bronze boot coming back to FOCO. How sweet would that be? But uh, shout out to all of you. Always proud to be. Much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.